I want to invite your attention to John's Gospel, chapter 21, and I'm going to read verses 34 through the end of the chapter, verse 38, a brief section of Jesus' teaching uh, from 21 of Luke, beginning in verse 34. And I'll invite you to stand if you're able, and uh, I'll read this word aloud. You listen prayerfully and follow along prayerfully on the screen. And if you're using a pew Bible, the page number is indicated in the, uh, in the bulletin. Jesus said, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the earth. Be alert at all times praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Every day, Jesus was teaching in the temple, and at night he would go out and spend the night on the Mount of Olives, as it was called. And all the people would get up early in the morning to listen to him in the temple. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This uh, brief Advent sermon series is entitled simply Christmas Thieves. Those things that would rob us of joy and peace this time of year. Let's face it, we're all in the hubbub now. We're in the December frenzy, uh, feeling weighed down by uh, activities, feeling suffocated by to-do lists, we are over-caffeinated, over-sugared, over-caloried, and under-rested. We don't have enough rest, and uh, we're not eating right, and then we get all frustrated with our schedules. And it seems like we all cry out every year for just a little space, a space to breathe, a space to catch our breath, to listen to the whisper of God, to somehow uh, have some time for reflection. And... This is a curious place in Scripture, but it's an important place to hear a word about dealing with the Christmas thief of busyness. You see, Jesus is speaking here with some urgency. If you look carefully at the Scripture and the context, the verses around it, there's an urgency to what Jesus is saying because in Luke's arrangement of events, this is Jesus' last public address. This is the last time he speaks to a wide audience in Luke's gospel. The rest of the time, through the rest of Luke, uh, he's either, Jesus is either speaking to authorities when he's under arrest, he's speaking privately to his disciples, he's speaking one-on-one -on -one to people. This is his last public presentation, so he's, he's feeling some urgency. But the other urgency is that Jesus is talking about his second coming. Uh, we're celebrating his first advent, his first appearing. Jesus is talking in chapter 21, 21 about his second coming, and no one knows when that is. And it's as if he's saying, because we live between those two advents, we need to feel the compression of time, we need to feel the urgency, and we need to feel that uh, life is delicate and brief, and we need to live for the things that really matter. And so he says some very important things about busyness, about this Christmas thief. He says first a negative word, a word of warning, and then he says a positive word, a word of encouragement. First, the word of warning. 
Verse 34, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. Dissipation is not a word we use a great deal. It means to waste, to, to fritter away. It means to be living off-center. It means to be living with imbalance. It means to be distracted and distracted in a way that we waste that which is precious. Dissipation and drunkenness. See, here's what happens. We, we have emptiness in our hearts, so we try to fill that emptiness with lots of activities or with alcohol and other drugs or we feel pain in our lives and we try to medicate them with alcohol and other drugs, or we try to medicate them with buying more things. We try to medicate that emptiness or that pain with um, more toys, more activity, fill our calendar, stay busy so we never have to get quiet and think about the pain or the emptiness. Years ago, I heard someone say something that I've always remembered, and it's sort of the, the key theme to this sermon, and that is, the world parties in order to forget while God's people celebrate in order to remember. There's a huge difference. If we're partying in order to forget, we're just medicating the emptiness or the pain or the ugliness in our own lives. But when we celebrate in order to remember what God has done in Jesus Christ, what God is doing, Life and Christmas take on a whole different meaning. And if we can understand that difference, we might begin to get in charge of our busyness. So Jesus says, watch out for dissipation, the wastefulness, the losing centering, and the drunkenness. And he said, and also watch out for the worries, the anxieties of this life. See, we lose a sense of proportion. When we get busy... We, we get preoccupied. We start majoring on the minors and neglecting the essentials. We lose perspective. We lose pro a sense of proportion. Uh, you know, when you're a child and you're in beginning art class, one of the first things the art teacher tells you is if perspective. If you want the barn down the road to look as if it's a long way away, you draw the barn smaller. If you want the barn to appear to be close up, you draw it bigger perspective, proportion. And what happens during the Advent season is when we let busyness take over, we lose that sense of proportion. We make big things very small. And we treat small and insignificant things very big. And we get all confused. What matters? What lasts? What's urgent? And what's not urgent? Retired uh, U.S. Senator John Danforth uh, tells a delightful story. He's Missouri, he was a Missouri senator. And uh, he, he tells about a time in his political life in one of his books when he was running for re-election, and it was a very close race. And all the polls said, you know, it was just neck and neck. And he was anxious, and his family was anxious, and he would bring that anxiety into his house, and you could just feel the anxiety, and everybody was on edge in the house. And he said, finally... My 15-year-old daughter set us all straight. 
She got disgusted with everyone's anxiety, and she said, what is the big deal? It's not like this election is the World Series. (laughs) Now, there's a girl with the correct perspective on life, the right priorities. And, you know, sometimes we need to ask that question. You know, this isn't the World Series. Just get our stuff in perspective. And Jesus warned. He warned. He said, if we don't get in charge of some of this busyness, it's a trap. A trap that can catch us unaware. You know about traps, right? Animal traps, mouse traps, wild game traps. They do three things. They deceive. The mouse thinks, hey, some free cheese. That's sort of deceptive, right? Traps, secondly, spring suddenly when we least expect them. And the third thing is about traps is that we obviously cannot get free very easily. That's why they're called a trap. They deceive, they spring quickly, and they're difficult to get out of. And that's what busyness, that's what mindless busyness can do to our lives. It traps us, deceives us. Because you see, these things that the world says is so important, they never deliver. They never deliver on their promises. They're empty, they're hollow. Somehow we think, oh, the holidays are going to make everything better. The holidays are going to fix my life. And all we're doing is just pushing it out of the way. They don't ever deliver. But the promises of God, I read this in the message this week in my devotion, Psalm 111.7. The good things of God are rust-proof. I like that. Kind of goes along with what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He said, "Don't, don't store up for yourselves things that moth and rust can corrupt. The promises of God are rust-proof. They deliver and they last. So that's the warning. Then in verse 36, there's a positive word, an encouraging word. Jesus says, be alert at all times and be prayerful. Be alert at all times and be prayerful. Now I know you're thinking, what does that mean? Well, nice to know that Luke included a little biographical note in verses 37 and 38 that provide us Jesus as the example about how to be prayerful and how to be alert. We think they're throwaway verses. We think they're transition verses. Because verses 37 and 38 say, Every day, listen carefully, he was teaching in the temple, and at night he would go spend the night at the Mount of Olives. And then during the day, early in the morning, he'd go back to the temple. You see the rhythm to Jesus' life? He was busy. There were demands on him, just like there are demands on us. People were arguing. People wanted his attention. People needed his miracles. They they were accusing him of things. In the day, the tough battle in the temple. And at night, he would retreat to the Mount of Olives. Where he, could be rest, where he could rest, be refreshed. He could think, he could pray. He created for himself space. 
He created for himself silence where he could watch and he could pray. He could pray and he could be alert. I took this picture uh, almost two years ago now when I was blessed to be able to go to Israel. And I'm standing on the Mount of Olives, the very mountain referenced in verses 37 and 38, and I'm east of the Jerusalem city wall and the Temple Mount. So I'm standing on Mount of Olives on the east, and there in that picture in the background is the eastern wall of the old city of Jerusalem, and off to a side, if you were able to see that from an aerial shot, you'd see the Temple Mount. In between is the Kidron Valley. The Kidron Valley is the valley between the Mount of Olives and the Temple. It's a hike of about three quarters of a mile. I want you to stop and think about the geographic distance and the emotional and spiritual distance that Jesus created between the hubbub of his responsibilities and the Mount of Olives where he had space to think, to pray, to listen, to breathe, to experience God's presence. And I want to ask you a question. Do you have a Kidron Valley? Do you have intentional space that you have created so that you can worship during this Advent season? To where you can be in God's presence with a mindfulness of just being, not doing, but being. So that when you go to the temple, to your duties and responsibilities, you're ready to do it because you're rested and you're fresh. And you know why you're doing it. And you know what to leave out. I've heard it all. Oh, pastor, you don't know our schedule. You don't know how busy we are. I think I know something about busy Advent schedules. Let me tell you something. Nobody takes the joy of Christmas away from us without our permission. Nobody can steal Christmas from us without us allowing it to be done. We are in charge of our own schedules. We are in charge of our own time. We are in charge of our own priorities, and we get to name them. And we have the privilege and right to say no and to create a Kidron Valley and space for us to breathe. I heard Oprah Winfrey on a podcast recently, and she said, the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is the gift of time. This time is for me to experience God's presence. This time is for me. We do not have to live shallow, inauthentic lives as culture would dictate. We are not doomed to live shallow, inauthentic lives. We can live authentically as we open up to God's Spirit. The word Advent means appearing. Christ appeared as a baby. He will come again, and in between... The time is ours 
to arrange so that we are open to his continual adventing, to his continual coming, day by day. Let's pray together. We bow in your presence, mighty and loving and tender God. We ask that you show us more of what it means to know you, to love you, and to follow you. Open our hearts to the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.